Hey, my name is Sean Patrick Thomas. You might know me from Save the Last Dance or from the Barbershop franchise, but you might also know me from my role as Alan Townsend on Reaper. And you are listening to the Dead TV Podcast. And welcome back to the Dead TV Podcast, a podcast dedicated to Eddie and all science fiction, fantasy, horror, comedy TV shows, and in the genre of canceled shows, I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mr. Seneca. And the music you're listening to in the background is by the great John Williams and his score for Star Wars, because the first episode of season two is pretty much Star Wars related, A New Hope, <laughs> episode four. Na, 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 na. And let's face it, there's a there's a good comparison to be made about uh, Star Wars and Sam and the Devil's relationship <laughs> between well, Luke and his. Well, that's only the father son relationship. Yeah, the fact that Luke is the son of Darth Vader, so Darth Vader is pretty much the devil, or he's the devil's minion compared to the Emperor. <laughs> but whatever. If you want to get technical, I mean, there's also then Daisy and her, you know, the relationship with her grandfather, aka Emperor Palpatine. But nobody cares about that anymore. <laughs> Hopefully you listened to our episode covering the TV series pilot episode, uh, one and only Doctor Strange, which was supposed to be a TV series, but it didn't happen. You know what would have been hilarious if we could have gotten Peter Hooten, who I found out was still alive, to, to come on for the Doctor Strange thing? I don't think anyone's interviewed that guy. <laughs> that would have been even weirder. That would have been awesome. Let me tell you, I got some love for that Doctor Strange movie. I wouldn't have covered it if otherwise. I got the Blu-ray coming to me. So you convinced me. I it was it was mind boggling, like weird, right? I did enjoy it. I, I do have it's, to admit it's that. It's stupid I fun. It. It's not the Incredible Hulk, okay? And it's it's I think it's better than Spider Man, Spider Man the seventies show. But you know what I mean? I, I I swear I could see that going places as a TV show if in an alternate in the multiverse. I guarantee it happened. <laughs> I guaranteed Reaper probably went for another few seasons. Again, we keep going back to Supernatural. Supernatural ran for 15 goddamn years. This ran for two? Yeah. And this is a lot more fun than Supernatural. Supernatural had its moments of fun, but it was depressing most of the time. To be honest, I particularly didn't care for it. I prefer Reaper. You were alone in that because, again, that show ran for 15 seasons because of the fans. I know, I know. <laughs> I watched, like, the first three seasons and then sporadically ever after, and every time I was like, why are these Winchester boys so whiny? And if this wasn't a shameless plug for the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast that I do with my co-host, actress model Mel Heflin, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our upcoming episode where we talk about Lucifer and... House of Wax, and possibly having somebody on from House of Wax. I am not even joking. I reached out like on three different channels to Paris Hilton's people. 
All right. <laughs> She's on the Blu-ray talking about it. She clearly likes her, that film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, somebody messaged us. They messaged us on Twitter asking if we maybe the next time we should do the Elvira episode. Because there was an Elvira TV show one episode pilot. I think I have that on my Plex. I think it's on YouTube for free. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Even better. So, sure, we can probably do that. Maybe October would probably be the best time to do it. Because it's Elvira, so... Mr. Zeniga has the plot synopsis for Season 2, Episode 1, Episode 4, <laughs> A New Hope. <laughs> Reaper, Season 2, Episode 1, A New Hope, originally aired March 3rd, 2009. Sam, Sock, and Ben return from a road trip and learn that they've been fired from their jobs and kicked out of their apartment. Andy is mad at Sam, and the devil gives Sam a really big job. This show started kind of late into the season of scheduling for shows. Early in the year is not where normal network television would start prior to years of, you know, the couple of years of COVID where schedules are all over the place. I think they're trying to get back on track with some things. But, uh, yeah, March 3rd is not a normal time for a TV show to start. Oh. September, October. That's typical, yeah. Yeah, September and October is usually when shows start. A lot of shows that are competing with time slots involving the World Series will take a break in late October sometimes. Um, but uh, yeah, this is kind of unusual. I noticed that on the date for this uh, episode. We begin the episode with the guys on a road trip, and they're reading Sam's letter to Andy, who, which Sock was supposed to mail. Why and did you leave didn't. it up to him? Of all the stupid people. And they want to go to SeaWorld. Have you ever been to SeaWorld? Oh yeah, I used to live in San Diego. I've never been. It's nice, but also kind of sad. Aww. To see these, like, huge, majestic animals in just a small tank, you know. Yeah. It's, it's nice that I can see them, but at what expense? And it's crazy. They lost their jobs in their apartment. I was like, what? That's nuts. Well, I mean, if you take your leave of absence from work and not tell anyone, then, yeah, you can't you can't really get your job back. The apartment I'm more surprised about because... They've only been gone four weeks, and it would take at least 60 to 90 days to evict them. Yeah. I guess the devil was taking care of that apartment, so it's really up to him to pull the lease. Right, that's right. I completely forgot about that subplot line that the devil was responsible for that. So they get the idea to go to Sock's place because Sock's, you know, still in love with his mother. And we don't get Sock's mom. We don't get his Japanese stepfather. We get his Japanese stepsister, who he wants to fuck. <laughs> terribly, terribly, And I mean, porn star-style storyline set up with this woman. And they don't make it easy for him to not want to fuck her because she shows up in a goddamn bikini. Yeah, but she is really wanting a brother-brother. Yeah. And she's excited to have a brother and Sock is interpreting this as, like, maybe lover? Right, you know? but then the next scene, she's in a blue tank top, midriff showing tiny, itty-bitty little pink booty shorts. I mean, <laughs> the writers clearly knew what they were doing when they were setting this character up. Uh, Eriko Tamora, which, by the way, this is, like, the last thing she would ever do. Her IMDb ends at re six episodes of Reaper. Really? Yeah. 
And I tried looking up her website. It's all in Japanese, so that's a little difficult. And it looks like her website not been updated in quite some time. So she pretty much, I think, packed up and left the whole acting industry. But prior to this, she was on Heroes for also six episodes. So she's like a six-episode actress. A lot of the other stuff she's done is strictly from Japan. I can't read it, so I'm not even going to attempt to butcher the names of all the stuff that she's done. But she is an adorable actress. I fell in love with her immediately. Her IMDb main photo is, again, her in a bikini in the water. <laughs> yeah. So. She, and she is adorable <laughs> in this role. Like, she takes this very innocent approach you know, we find out later that she is a virgin, so <laughs> she's very she, she's very innocent, and she plays that very well. But Sock is just a horn dog. He just wants to bang his sister like it's porn. I mean, this is a straight up porn style plotline. You and your it stepsister. Is. I watch porn. I'll say that. Okay, I don't care. But the last time I heard, the number one most downloaded watched porn on Pornhub, which is the number one porn free website, is the step sibling plotline. I understand. Yes. I I I don't condone this. <laughs> I mean, it's been there all along. Look at look at uh, Clueless. Remember Clueless? Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone's characters were former stepbrother and sister. Their parents have been divorced. Yeah. And, and they hook up at the end of the movie. Well, they hook up, but you know what I mean. They they get together. They're they're together as a couple, which is okay, I guess, because their parents are no longer married. Yes, yes, but in this case, I really don't think that. Sock should be trying to pursue his stepsister. Or how about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Kenneth Branagh? Remember? He gets the new adopted stepsister because her family has been killed by whatever the problem was of plague back then. And they eventually get married! Yeah, but those are different times. <laughs> those are different. No, this makes it totally okay. I get it. <laughs> well, you know, marrying your cousin and marrying your stepsister and even marrying your sister was kind of a thing back in the day. And it, we shouldn't be condoning that. This is just a thing where you have to take your responsibility as a family member a bit seriously and t turn off those urges and see Kristen as his sister. For the sake of his family total. It's very because... funny. She has a very American name or Canadian name because this was filmed in Canada. Kristen. Whereas Kristen. Her, her name is Eriko Tamora, which is a very Japanese name. Yeah. <laughs> Thought that was funny. That was just like, I wonder why they gave her that. Because her dad has a Japanese name because her dad is Japanese. Mm -hmm. They break into the workbench. Uh, which I think is hilarious, considering that uh, Annie told them that they would be arrested on sight by Ted, and the devil summons Sam to a what looks like a, basically like a fight club of souls. It's a fight club, yeah. It, <laughs> it's definitely a fight club. It's a cement basement where uh, 40-some-odd guys are just beating the hell out of each other. Right. And one of those guys is a new character to the show, Alan Townsend, played by the actor who's... Introduction you heard at the beginning of this episode. Sean Patrick Thomas. Got to us by Mr. Seneca. Another actor we definitely hope to have on the show before we end our coverage. Now, one of the issues that we're having with trying to secure interviews for these actors and actresses is they are popular. So yes, yes. They have no time to talk to puny little us. No, but we do have a big surprise coming up. We've kind of hinted about it's definitely sitting in the can on the desktop right now. Saved file. 
You'll have to wait till the end of this season to find out what it is. But uh, it's pretty awesome, and we're pretty happy for it because we're kicking off our next show with a cool surprise. Yeah. Guys, tell Sam he needs to summon the devil and work up his fatherly-son relationship to get the devil to help him. And the devil is a jackass about the whole thing. Well, yeah, the devil says that he sired many children over the hundreds of years. And so the devil says that all of his children are duds. Except for Sam. Duds, just plain duds. Except for Um, Sam, because he's the title character of the show. (laughs) Oh, yeah, except for Sam. As he's as he's learning, Sam is not a dud. He's perhaps the one that will bring the apocalypse. The devil thinks that nepotism is cute. The nepotism card, Sam, really? Yeah. We get Tyler on the frickin' show. We have got to talk to him about, like, how do you think Sock's behavior would fly today in the very, like, everything's offensive and everything bothers me culture? Because not only does he want to fuck his smoking hot Asian sister, stepsister, he wants to continue to fuck Sam's mom. <laughs> Because he mentions, once again, me and your mom. <laughs> yeah, but he is joking about that. He hasn't actually had sex with Sam's mother. No, no, but he wants to. And if Sam, something happened to him, he would make damn sure now that Sam's mom's alone. Or is she? He would. Come on, let's face it. I mean, he wants to bang Gladys. That's a fantasy we have definitely seen. Uh, I think Sock just wants to bang everything. I mean, has he made any advances on Andy? Josie, yeah, who I think Josie disappears from the plot of this show, by the way. Josie dumped him. I don't remember him wanting to make advances on Andy, other than just saying that she's pretty or cute, you know. Maybe because yeah, it's, it's his Bud's perhaps. it's his Bud's girl. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, it's his mom, so that's totally fine, and it's his stepsister, that's totally fine. But maybe because it's Andy and he knows that that would seriously hurt Sam even if he even tried anything. Yeah, it would hurt their friend relationship. Yeah, that's, again, so, funny. So let's talk about the souls for oh, this episode. Oh, God, yeah, and the cattle prod. There is 40-plus souls. There were 30. Now there's 40. <laughs> now there's 40. And the vessel for this episode is a cattle prod. However, because the devil is a dick, this cattle prod has a recharging time limit. So it needs to recharge itself. And that takes like a minute and a half. So you can't just tag, 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 tag immediately. You have to wait. And so they're trying to figure out, they're trying to figure out how to accomplish this task with a recharging cattle prod. And Sam and Sock and Ben get drunk, just shit face drunk to try to figure this out. And surprisingly, their drunken revelry yields an answer. They decide to get the souls drunk in order to have the time enough to tag them and then have the cattle prod recharge. At least that's the plan. The song that's playing when they're all drunk trying to come up with a solution is Constructive Summer by The Hold Steady. Here's a clip. Yeah, this one kind of makes sense. I like this this vessel. Yeah, yeah, cattle prod. It's it's a weapon. Yeah, 
these souls all look like the beefiest beefy looking dudes you could possibly ever get imdb for the listing of the cast is kind of microscopic in terms of like who most of these guys are and they all look pretty real i do love the entire scene with them setting up the trap with the beer and everything the beer delivery guy gets a credit he's reese alexander but other than alan that's it we don't get any I cannot find anything on any of these guys in this crowd scene. Do you think they were all just local MMA fighters or gym buffs and things like that? I don't know. You know, they're clearly extras because they aren't listed. Yeah. Cobra Snake is the only one listed with a name. He passed away in 2017. Born in Canada, died in Canada. He was a pro wrestler. He was in a lot of stuff. He was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Wrestling fans, reach out to us, because I don't know who that is. But other than that, that's it. That's all we get, those those two guys. And I can't even figure out which one Cobra is. Which one was Cobra? I think it was the one that actually had a speaking line when he wakes up. Right. That would give you something, too, right? Because of uh, yes. the way Sag Speaking is. lines get you credits. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. It's just funny. They all pass out and sleeping together, and he uses the cattle prod while they're sleeping until he wakes one up, but he's like Tinkerbell and they're playing the, the sugar plum fairy music. Yes. Yes. He's, he's hanging from a rope from the skylight Uh and just tagging each of them waiting for it to recharge and then tagging the next. And it was working great until they started waking up. Yep. But I love the way he finally puts them down and it's actually quite impressive. First, he sprays them with water to get them to just stay away from him. And then he realizes that, The cattle prod is electric and sees the water splashing at their feet. He stands on a box or something and then puts the cattle prod to the water, electrifying them all. All in once. The water thing was the most ingenious part of the plan. It really was. Without water plan, which he came up with on the spur of the moment to save his own skin, it worked. It was brilliant. It was elegant in its execution. And the effects were quite good. Why is the devil such an asshole that when Sam wants to see him and he's happy that he's there and he's having a good time, the, the devil's just like, I don't like this. This is not this is not fun for me. Is it because he wants Sam to always be miserable? It, it's more fun when he doesn't want it. He wants a reluctant participant. He wants that non-consent. Mm. When the devil congratulates him on a job well done, we hear a very memorable song, You're the Best, by Joe Esposito. Here's a clip. Well, that's all the notes I have for this episode. It just ends with Sam singing in the rain. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with another exciting episode of Reaper Season 2 here on the Dead TV Podcast. ago, hundreds of the world's most wicked souls escaped. One man committed a crime of passion. My wife was raped. We caught the guy who did it, tracked him down, and I killed him. And paid the ultimate price. Two months later, I died. I went to hell. Now, his only chance for salvation is making a deal, Devereaux. It's not how you should be scared of. 
It's losing your second chance. You don't get another. Ezekiel Stone has come back from the grave. Where have you been? Out of the country. Where about? Down under. To hunt down the evil that escaped. Time to give the devil his due. What about the eight bullets that bumped into Stone's leg? Huh? How do you explain that? I swear you suspect the Zeke Stone. Good cop. Can't be him, though. Why not? He's dead. This fall, our lives rest in the hands of a dead man. The way to end their existence is to shatter the windows to the soul. Destroy the eyes. This fall to Fox. And we're back with the second episode of season two, Dirty Sexy Mongol. Reaper, season two, episode two, Dirty Sexy Mongol, originally aired March 10th, 2009. Sam is intrigued by an escaped soul, Alan, who seems to have gotten out of his deal with the devil. This interferes with Sam's ability to reap the escaped soul of the week, and Ben is striking up a relationship. But is she more than she seems? Dun, dun, dun. I thought this Mongol reminded me heavily of the Mongol Lord of Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, 100%, especially with the cell phone, and they're free- freaking out over it. I love that part. <laughs> Mongolian Empire was in the 13th century? I'm not a big Mongolian history buff, are you? Unfortunately, that is one of the areas of history that I'm not interested in. Gotcha. So I don't research it that often. Again, we get more of Sock wanting to uh, bang his hot stepsister, who basically is a little bit rambunctious, <laughs> giving Sock the wrong image. This is also the same outfit she wore in the previous episode. Did you notice that? I think she has a limited wardrobe because she came with a suitcase. Okay, but still, they usually almost rarely ever have actors wearing the same clothes from episode to episode. Even the devil has had different shades of suits. That's true. Uh, Oh, you know what we forgot to mention in the previous episode? How the guys got their jobs back. Yes. (laughs) They got their jobs back by blackmailing Ted, because Ted was stealing from corporate, basically. He's basically stealing. He would buy things with wholesale employee discount and then resell them to consumers under fake names. And that all comes full play in this episode because there is a the worst thing to ever happen in retail, the secret shopper, because they are out to make you lose your job. I'm sorry. I don't have any other opinion besides that. I don't care if you do a secret shopping, but you really, really can destroy people's lives in, in retail. And in this episode, Ted's life gets destroyed because he hits on the secret shopper. Oh, God. Sexual harassment. Oh, that is the worst, and it's so gross. Ah! But Andy, you know, she just gal pals with her. (laughs) 
yeah, that happens at the end of the episode, but it's really satisfying because Ted gets fired and he doesn't really seem regretful at all. Gladys comes back. We didn't have her in the previous episode, but she's back now. They got Gladys out of hell. They got her her job back. They got her, you know, back on the show. And he uses that to be like, I need the name of this guy, Alan. And then she sends a demon from her goddamn book club out to kill Sam. Yeah, and and when Gladys gives him the address, first she slides the paper over. And then Sam says, well, you know who my father is. You know, he plays that card. And she takes the address back, corrects it, and then gives it back to him. Because she was going to give him just false information. The... Funny thing I want to point out about the demon, it looks like the same model they have used before with Tony and um, Steve. The demons are slightly different. The modeling of those costumes are slightly different. You can tell from the patterns of the ridges. I did take a, a very careful look at it. So Tony's demon outfit and then these demons are actually different costumes. Oh, okay. It just looked very similar. There is distinct difference in the in the pattern. Douchebag move on Gladys. Fuck her. Jesus Christ. I mean, seriously, he got you out of hell. Yeah, true. But, you know, she sells him out anyway. It is. I love it when Andy and Sam are staking out Alan's place. Um, she goes out to get a snack because she's hungry and the devil shows up. And Sam is, like, lying through his teeth. And Sam, the devil's like, you're trying to get some time with your girl. I totally get it. It's totally fine. But... The Mongol is still out there, and there's a $10,000 reward out for him. The devil knows exactly what Sam is doing, because he's waiting on Alan. The, the devil knows exactly what Sam is doing, because the devil has kind of set this up for him to do this. You know, the devil is always, like, three steps ahead of everyone else, and playing all sides of the situation, so that it'll all accumulate. He's the one that is on top at the very end. And he shoves this in Sam's face at every opportunity. The Mongol in this episode, I'm surprised at what damage this Mongol is actually doing. First, he goes and destroys a Chinese restaurant, and then a Korean barbecue place. And the vessel catcher is a spear, which is very connected to him, Like because that's the type of weapon they would use back in the 13th century. Yeah, that's a vessel that makes sense. Yeah, spears would definitely be a pretty common weapon to fight with wars back then, way back in the day. Yeah, that's that's an ancient, ancient weapon. Okay, I'm going through the credit list on IMDb. Sam, Brett, uh, Sam, Bert, Ben, Andy, Mr. Oliver, Ted, the Devil, Alan, Nina, Kristen, Topher, Shopper, Gladys, Restaurant, Older, Groundskeeper, Security Guard. Where the hell's the Mongol? He's not there. No! What? Which is surprising because he does some yells, so... And he's also a main character through the show. Even if David doesn't have any lines, he has more than enough screen time. That's yeah, so just, weird. It's not there. Yeah, that's that's a weird admission on IMDb. I wonder why that is. I don't know. Yeah. So weird. This Mongolian has established himself so quickly into society that the next time they see him, when they he actually gets captured, he's wearing a suit. And he has a Bluetooth earpiece in. And he's no longer afraid of cell phones. And that happened in the space of, like, what, two days? Crazy. That is very funny how fast he's acclimated to that. He still looks dirty as hell, though, wearing the suit. That's what's so funny is that he's... It doesn't look like he took a shower or anything. Man, there is <laughs> nothing on this. Get Dirty Sexy Mongols, the name of the episode. There is nothing on this. This is going to drive me crazy till we find out who this actor is. So we are also introduced to a character called Topher. And Topher is a player 
who is acted by Michael Antonakos. Yes, he gets a freaking IMDb credit. <laughs> he does have some speaking lines, though. Ah. So Topher is the character that Kristen gravitates towards at the nightclub when Sock takes her dancing, because he feels that if he takes her dancing, that she will fall into his pants. You know what? Okay, so you're saying that he have to have speaking lines in order to get a um, a credit, right? You you don't have to. Okay, I was gonna say how about all? Yeah, I was about to say, think about all the actors who have played Jason and Michael Myers. They never speak. You know what I mean? They never have speaking lines, but they get credit. But this guy didn't. So that was I was like, you know, that can't be true. That there, there's got to be more to it. It's, ah, this is gonna drive me nuts. I mean, I have a non-speaking role in a short movie, and I got an IMDb credit for it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So it does happen. You know, it's just that when you have a huge cast, sometimes the non-speaking roles just get dropped off and not submitted. Well, anyone listening, please reach out to us, that radiohorror at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment on the website if you happen to know who played the Mongol in this episode. Mongolian, because we don't got it. We, I've looked. Topher, played by Michael Antonakos was also in Assassin's Creed and Lord of the Rings. He's He's been kind of bit players on a lot of things. Uh, most recently, he was in Ninjago as the mechanic. And he was also a male dancer in Reefer Madness the Musical, which is one of my friend Tina's favorite musicals. Uh, okay. Um, he does a lot of voiceover as well. So he's in Trolls TV series as Flint Tolerento. Sock's quote, when he's talking to Topher, because Topher is taking Kristen out, Sock's quote is absolutely disgusting, and it is one of those phrases that I am sure that abused women have heard throughout the ages from brothers, is that she's my sister, and the only one allowed to have sex with her is me. Uh... That is absolutely disgusting, and it might even be a triggering phrase for people. Kind of disappointing that Sock has this uh, fixation on her. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it aligns with a lot of his attitude and the way he is throughout the show, which was a different time in television, let's just say. They won't write hero characters like that anymore. Absolutely not. No. Not unless it's like a straight-up parody comedy or, you know, that's the sleazy character that they're always going to be kind of thing, you know what I mean? That song that Sock and Kristen dance to when Topher joins in, that one is called Fancy Footwork by Chromio. Here's a clip. Sam finally catches up to Alan Townsend, and he just wants to know how he got out of hell. But Alan is not willing to tell him. He does want to go back to hell. He really doesn't. He wants to stay away from temptation. He can't be involved. And then some demons come to attack Sam while he's standing there about to get in the door with Alan and just ruins his chances with him. Ben then gets taken by a demon. Throughout this episode, there is a bunny that Ben is taking care of, which leads to hilarious responses, but... Sam and Sock do not like this bunny whatsoever in the house. They think it's dirty, smelly, etc. Ben is holding this bunny as the demon lifts him up the, off the ground. Sock and Sam think that Ben is dead. He's been taken by a demon. He's definitely dead. But he's not. 
the... And in fact, both the bunny and Ben are perfectly safe. And now Ben has a new girlfriend. The bunny plotline is better than the British woman's plotline in some ways, but... It was less annoying, for sure. Yeah, definitely. How long do you think Ted's going to be gone for? Oh, I mean, in reality, he wouldn't be able to come back to the workbench. But in TV, probably only, what, two episodes? Probably. So once Alan Townsend's home is found out, he bolts. He just leaves his apartment. When they finally get in, they see that his entire apartment is filled with crucifixes. And reminders to not be tempted by things. Don't overeat. Don't gamble. Etc. Etc. And then he ends up at the very end of the episode working and living at a consecrated cemetery grounds to protect himself from the devil. Yeah, it is uh, kind of funny that the most objects in the apartment. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's like it looks like everything else is cleared out, but just like crosses everywhere. Almost obsessively compulsively filled with crucifixes. Also, Alan looks very young. I mean, he looks younger than Sam. Yeah, he does look very young. But he did have a gambling problem, and that's what led him to hell. Music featured in this episode, Lights Out by Santa Gold, Foreign Affair by The Saturday Nights, and A Little More of Me by Juliana. Here's a clip. I think they had too much going on this episode between the Mongolian and uh, Sam trying to find Alan. I think one he, took away from the other. Yeah, the Mongolian plotline, I don't think he really needed the soul capture in this episode for the episode to work. No, not at all. I mean, it was cute that we were doing the whole fish out of water technology. Oh, it's scary thing because I don't live in a world of technology or soap. I mean, Jesus Christ, you really could have thrown a bar at soap at this guy. That's all the notes I have for this episode of the Dead TV Podcast. We will be back in a couple weeks with another couple more exciting episodes as we delve now into Season 2. You can find us on Facebook, on the Dead TV Podcast, on Twitter, where a link will be pinned to the top. Thank you, everyone, who checked out the Doctor Strange pilot episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast. And we'll be back. Thank you, everyone. Good night.